You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, it's episode 244 of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. We are brought to you today by GameMat.eu for pre-painted resin terrain, neoprene mats, and STL files, as well as PanhandleTheD.etsy.com for 3D printed terrain, as well as custom engraved dice, uh, dice trays and tumblers and combat gauges and all that. So check both of those out. It's event 10 for 10% off at GameMat.eu, and it's 15% off with PH3D15 off, and that will get you 15% off. So thank you to my beautiful, sexy, good smelling Patreon patrons for supporting the show. I greatly appreciate you. And uh, what are we talking about today? Well, we are talking about flyers are weird. You know, for things that are supposed to zoom high up in the sky and all that, the rules of flyers have changed over the years, and they're just a very odd mechanic. And there's a reason why most games don't include something like aircraft. So we discussed that in the real talk. We also have a letter from Donald, and he asks me about uh, selling Warhammer online and some guidelines for that. And he also makes me say a phrase for his friend, um, Mark. So uh, I say that. Also, um, what else do we have? Oh, it's the Vampire Warcry Warband, and whether or not we want that in the Want That or Not. What have I been up to? Well, this week... I played the 11-year-old Adam at the game store, and uh, we had a very good game. We played a narrative game where I was Trader Guard, and I had two of his characters hostage. There were two immobile objectives in the middle, and he had to deploy not within uh, 18 inches of me or 16 inches, so he deployed all the way around. It was a very close game, but in the very last turn, uh, he won. I He took a 1250 list, and unbeknownst to him, I took a 1,000-point list, so we had a slight handicap on there and uh, at the very end he did pull it out and he won the characters so um that was that was pretty cool we had a lot of fun also i had my friend matt come over uh this morning and we play tested some settlement mode missions for brutality and that's the new supplement that'll be out this year sometime and i just played some of those missions um one of them slavers were trying to steal his npcs from his town and uh he ended up winning that two to one so, uh, actually, no, two to zero, he actually won. And uh, it had weird scoring, but we also did one where um, his town was being overgrown by vegetation that pops up kind of whack-a-mole style, and he has to take out more vegetation than grows. Um, that's really fun. I used dryads for that. And what was the other mission we played? Um, oh, Bounty Hunter was really fun, where uh, my people were attacking him, and um, we got five victory points if we kill the randomly selected person on his team. And that was really fun. Um, he ended up winning. We never, we got the, the character down to one hit point, but we're not able to kill them. So um, he ended up beating us pretty bad, badly. It was like six to two or something. But if I would have just took that one hit point off, then I would have won seven to six. So uh, we really didn't focus on the rest of his army. We were trying to get that five victory points. And that is what I've been up to, working on some settlement mode, and I think that's about it. So, happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. According to my statistics, you're like 8% of my population, but I appreciate all of you, and any of you that happen to be mothers, happy Mother's Day. Let's get on with the first segment of the show. Let's open the Tesseract Mailbox. 
Hey now, it's time for the Tesseract Mailbox. Today we have an email from Donald, and it was at pimpcron at gmail.com. You can also reach me at facebook.com slash pimpcron. And he writes, hello, pimpcron. New to the show, my friend Mark won't shut up about it. <laughs> if you read this on the air, I'm sure he'll text me. Please say that he doesn't deserve the nacho. He'll know what it means. So, first off, Mark, you don't deserve the nacho. I suppose. And um, uh, I appreciate Mark for constantly hounding his friend to listen to this. Thank you very much for that. And thank you, Donald, for beginning to listen to the show. He continues. More to the point, I have met, uh, he had mentioned before that you have an online store for Warhammer or something. I was wondering what you thought I could get for a decently painted army. Everything is based in three colors minimum. It is Savage Orcs, if that matters, roughly $1,500 MSRP. Thank you for your time, and if this is too personal or specific for the show, I would like an email back. Donald. Okay, Donald. Um, first off, I do not have an online store for Warhammer or something, as you say. So I don't know where that came from, but I can say that I have sold a lot of... Uh, bought and sold a lot of Warhammer online in general. So uh, I may not be the reselling sort of um, platform that you think I am, but I can at least give you some idea for things. In my experience, actually painted models uh, have to be really, really high quality for it to impact the price hardly at all. And in fact, a lot of people prefer things that are unpainted. So if you're one of those people that go through armies a lot, it's actually beneficial price-wise to just assemble them and leave them unpainted completely. So you have uh, roughly $1,500 of Savage Aurochs. All right. Um, now, of course, some units that are better than others go for a little more money, etc., etc. So that's this is just going to be rough estimates. But you can buy brand new in the box online every day of the week for 20% off. Like basically anywhere. So you have to at least know that you're going to be getting 20% off the MSRP of what you bought it for, which is $1,500. So you know at least $300 off for that. So it'd be $1,200 MSRP if it was still brand new in the box. Being that it's not brand new in the box, then you can expect, obviously, an even deeper discount, correct? So um, really, painted or unpainted, we're just going to kind of lump it together as long as the paint job is not bad. And um, typically, you can sell an entire army if you want to sell the whole thing. You're going to be taking 40 to 50% off if you want to sell it as a lot. Because a lot of people don't have the money to uh, just throw out 700 bucks or 800 bucks at a pop. You will actually make more money if you are willing to split it up. And um, you'll see if, if you go on like Facebook or anywhere that has um, lots for sale, they say splits or no splits or whatever. And that basically they're, they're splitting up the units in those armies. Um, and of course it's slightly more headache because it's more transactions. It's more people you're dealing with. It's more shipping. Uh, hopefully you'll be charging them for shipping or something like that. And, um, typically what I've found is if it's a normal size box under 12 inches by 12 inches, shipping's not more than 10 to $12. Typically, obviously the further it is, or if you do expedited or you do insurance or anything like that, it'd be more expensive, but you can guess about $12, and that's usually on the safe side for shipping. Um, it might be as low as 8 It could be as high as 12 somewhere in there. 
Um, so a lot of people do $10 shipping in the U.S. because that's kind of the nice middle way. Sometimes you make a couple dollars off it. Sometimes you lose a couple dollars, but that's roughly the good cost of it. Um, and I would not at all wait until you've shipped it to then ask them to pay it because obviously, you know, they may not pay you for that and you've already shipped it to them. So I would not do that. Um, so if you're willing to split it off, then you can usually get, if you're lucky, you'll get 20% off the MSRP, but usually it's about 30% off the MSRP if it's, um, broken up into units. And that's usually pretty reliable, 30 to 40% off, maybe 40% off the MSRP if it's, um, if it's like a not a good unit or something like that. I don't know exactly how Savage Orcs are right now, um, in the meta, cause I don't really follow that, but, uh. That's roughly what you're looking at. So 20% off if it's brand new in the box. Uh, about 30 to 40% off if you're willing to break off units. Um, so what is uh, 30%? Uh, $450. So you'd be making, on $1,500, you could sell the whole army if you split it up for about $950, roughly. Um, and then, of course, if you're going to sell the whole lot, just because that's a, a price point that most people can't meet, then you will be getting 40 to 50% off the MSRP for that. So that hopefully answers all your questions, Donald. And um, uh, like I said, Mark, you don't deserve the nacho, apparently, I've been told. And uh, thank you both for listening. I greatly appreciate it. And Mark, you keep hassling your friends to listen to the show because I would appreciate that. And Donald, you better keep listening or I will mail you poop. Want that? or want that not. On this edition of Want That or Want That Not, we are covering the Warcry Warband, the Askurgan Trueblades for $60. So, it is eight models. Um, essentially, all of them are vampires, except for one is some sort of wolf guy. I guess he's a werewolf of some sort. They are very average-looking models, in my opinion. They inexplicably have some sort of samurai motif going on with them. I don't know why. Um, I don't have any recollection of vampires being, you know, associated with the samurai in any way. But a couple people have top knots like the samurai, or at least um, ponytails that come off the top of their head. And um, they've got the shoulder pads with these ridges, and they, they look like iron or whatever. And um, a couple of them actually even have these armored plates on their hips that hang from their waist and all of them have like these robes on the bottom half of them they look very much like samurai to me now the one thing that doesn't look like samurai is their weapons they have these like halberds sort sort of things um they have swords they have uh, one guy's got a mace on a stick but everything is very long range it's the type of weapon that you'd think would have two inch range in uh in close combat i Honestly, was very excited when my friend Ash said, "Oh, they've made a warband or a Warcry warband of vampires," and I'm like, "Oh man, I'm definitely going to, you know, make a warband out of these, or maybe use them for brutality, or start a an all vampire, uh, just an army, you know, for um for Soul Blight." But upon looking at these guys, I'm like, I just don't really care for their motif at all. I have no idea why they have this Asian sort of like Japanese feudal sort of samurai motif. And I'm really not digging it. I certainly don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I don't think it's terrible. Um, I just find it to be very, very blah. If you just showed these to me, I would not know any of these are vampires. If you didn't say they were vampires, I would think they're high elves or 
something else. I mean, yes, if you look very, very close, they have little fangs. And one of the characters is kind of cool. He's got a pet bat on his shoulder, which is a neat touch. But honestly, I'm, I'm pretty underwhelmed by this whole group. And I'm a big vampire fan. I really like um, Soul Blight, even though I sold my Soul Blight army and uh, stuff like that. I mean, I, I've always liked vampires and werewolves and that sort of thing. But these guys just aren't doing it for me. Um, I would have much rather had people that looked more like the... Oh, man, what are they called from the board game box set? And it came out like two years ago and it was all the vampires and it had all the different named vampires and the necromancer and... Um, oh, I cannot think of what it's called, but anyway, Cursed City, that's what it is. Uh, Cursed City had some, forget what they were called, like Viracose, Bloodborne or something, and it came with three small, like, young vampires, and they were hanging onto pillars and stuff, and those models are awesome! I love those models. So I don't really know why they departed from that and chose some sort of samurai look to them. I just don't... I don't know, man. They don't scream bats at all to me. Not at all. And matter of fact, one of their guys is like a werewolf. And he's like a weird looking werewolf. He's not even like a regular werewolf. So uh, this is really a want that not for me. As much as I was excited for it, I just am not digging these models. And especially not eight of them for 60 bucks. Jeez, usually the Warcry is like 10 for 60. That's bad enough. But then again, most of the 3D printed stuff you get on Etsy is like $6 a model anyway, unless it's on sale. So $6 a model is like whatever. But now we're venturing even farther into the uh, the like $7, $7.50 per model area. And um, just not, not digging it whatsoever. I don't think they're very unique looking. They certainly do not scream vampires to me. And I think they dropped the ball. So that is a want that not for the Pimpcron. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimpcron. Hey everybody, it's Real Talk with the Pimpcron. Today I just wanted to discuss briefly the interesting situation that flyers have been in Warhammer 40k. Now, you'll probably understand that most flyers don't have any place whatsoever in most war games. Um, especially the 28-32mm scale, because planes typically, unless they're like a hovering helicopter or something like that, uh, they are have a hard time being represented on the board because of gun ranges, you know, the, the range that a gun can fire, and uh, just having a model on the board that's so low to the ground, even though it could be way up in the sky, it's like a very weird thing. But I'm happy that Warhammer does have airplanes. It's just always been kind of a weird fit. If you guys will recall, the uh, flyers used to just be skimmers. They had flight, they could fly over things, but they could also just be assaulted from the ground. Apparently, like your Valkyrie or your Vendetta or your Stormhawk gunship, they were just like, for, for absolutely no reason, just skimming the ground. And then just any old grot could just pu punch it in the tailpipe, and that, that was totally fine. I don't know why they did that, but eventually, I think it was in 6th edition, they introduced the actual ability to have flyers and the flyers had rules and originally you could only shoot flyers on a six which made them super durable they were actually quite powerful at the time and uh, you could only hit them on i think it was called snapshot so you could only hit them if you uh shot them on a six and i don't recall what the actual assault rules for them were whether or not people with fly could assault flyers i think that's probably the case but then of course they changed it to um, you shoot them as normal, you might get a minus one to hit or something like that, but you can only charge them if you have fly, 
and that sort of thing, which is still, if you think about that realistically, it's still very weird. We, we treat flight and flying as very odd in this game and in most games. It's not Warhammer's fault. It's very, very hard to add that aerial element to a game like this. You don't really want to introduce anything into a game that will be protected from any interaction from other sides of the board. Let's say you brought all berserkers and they say flyers can't be charged by ground troops, right? Well, then you're just, you know, crap out of luck that you can't do anything with these flyers and they'll go around and dominate the board or whatever. Now, flyers luckily are kind of toothless nowadays. Most flyers don't do a whole lot, but um, it's just interesting to me that they've never really got it right. If we're thinking about it, even flying monstrous creatures or jump troops or something like that, Jump troops honestly do jump, right? They don't actually fly. So it does make sense for them to start and end their movement on the ground where they can be assaulted or shot or whatever. That actually makes sense, and that's probably why they made them jump troops instead of, like, rocketeers or something like that. But if you look at your humble bloodthirster, if you look at your humble hive tyrant or uh, any of these things, these flying monstrous creatures, they act in the same way when they truly should not. They actually start and end their movement on the ground where they can be charged. And I'm thinking to myself, logically, I would like to see Warhammer somehow figure out how to make flying monsters, creatures and whatnot be unchargeable so that they don't actually charge, uh, finish their, their movement on the ground. And they can choose to end their movement on the ground or they can choose to stay off the ground. Of course, this ability would cause them to be way more points because then you could choose when your opponent can interact with them. I'm up in the sky. Now you can't assault me unless you have jump troops or something like that. And now I've, I stay out of harm's way for the, for the most part until I decide to swoop down and engage with you. That would be really, really powerful. So I could definitely see them being maybe double their points or something like that because they would be so powerful um, you would have to, you know, shoot them out of the air or something. Now, that would be something interesting is to help counteract this. If they lose, I don't know, half their hit points or something in, in one round of shooting. Well, then now they're going to crash and fall and now you can charge them. That would be something of that nature. Um, I almost wonder, maybe I'm not remembering correctly. I almost think there was something about being grounded when you had fly uh, back in like sixth or seventh edition. I think there was some sort of rule that... Um, you could be grounded and then you scattered and then you were on the ground. I, I don't recall exactly what that was, though. But if we're looking at airplanes and things with fly more realistically, um, of course, your, your flying hive tyrants, your blood, uh, bloodthirsters, all of that, they would still be on the board. You would just declare, oh, I'm up in the sky. You can't charge me. Um, and that would be really, really powerful. But airplanes kind of don't have a role on a tabletop game. And the reason why is that realistically... Uh, airplanes can shoot from so far high up that your 24-inch range gun would not work, you know? Um, arguably, I guess their gun might also be 24-inch range at that juncture, so maybe you do have a place on the battlefield. But it's just an interesting thought that nearly every game that has flight does not treat it as true flight. It just treats it as either hopping, like a jump troop, or it treats it like the Flyers, where it's minus one to hit, okay, but it's still on the board, it's still super low to the ground, and I, it might sound like I'm nitpicking, but it's doesn't it's not treated like a real airplane should be. 
it's almost like I know they're a miniature company, but it's almost like they should allow you to pay points for a flyer. And then your flyer is not a model that you buy. It's just an ability. So similar to like an orbital bombardment where it's like, oh, I've got flyers in the sky now. Okay, I'm going to do this. And you pick a unit and then this happens to them. You know, they get you rolled a hit, rolled a wound, all of that because your flyers are being shot at or, or, or shooting at that unit. Um, and it's, it's very interesting to think of how you could actually implement that. Um, now, obviously, they're a miniatures company. They want to sell miniatures. And I love having flyers in the game. It's not even the, the height of the uh, flyer stand that bothers me. Not, not really that. Um, it's just the fact that monstrous creatures do jump like jump troops for absolutely no reason. Um, you know a bloodthirster or, or a hive tyrant or a demon prince could definitely just fly like a like a regular flyer. And I really feel like they should probably have a mode that does that. And that would enable them to be very powerful because they'd be way more durable. Of course, they'd be way more points. But I don't really know how you fit in a airplane, an airplane, into a war game like this. And I think this is why a lot of them, I believe Bolt Action doesn't have airplanes. Um, uh, Mantic, I don't know how they treat their flyers. I think it's treated basically the same where it, it jumps um, a lot of army, a lot of games don't even try to attempt to deal with the flyer issue as far as a real flyer. Now in brutality, I also treat it as jumping. They they jump and they're flying so low that they could be charged or whatever. I have definitely wondered about a uh, a fast upgrade that could fly. It flies up in the air. It can't be shot or whatever, and it can't you know, deal with anybody else until it chooses to uh, interact with somebody. And that could be really interesting. Um, I don't know that I would ever actually do that, but it would be an interesting idea. Once again, I understand why the game designers for Warhammer don't want to do that either, is because you can completely cut out entire phases. Let's say you have an only a melee army and I choose to stay up in the air. Well, then we're at a stalemate and that's not a fun mechanic for a game. And also just telling a unit that, oh, yeah, you can't interact at all with my unit. That's not super fun. So I do understand why they do the minus one to hit. I do understand why they can only be charged by units with fly, that sort of thing. But it's still not really treated realistically. Speaking of flight, one of my favorite mechanics that Warhammer ever had was because of the uh, was the carry on for Tomb Kings. And basically, they had uh, circling high up in the sky or whatever they wanted to call it. And um, basically, you start the game out elevated and you're off the board. You actually place the models down because you have to move them, but they cannot be interacted with in any way with the rest of the board. It's just a token of like where they're directly above, basically. And um, at some point in the game, at the end of one of your movement phases, you can drop down. And then now you're on the board for the rest of the game. You can never go back up. And uh, that was a pretty interesting idea, actually, to have um, a, a unit that you basically had a threat to the enemy because, you know, if you're flying over them, they can't interact with you in any way, but they know that you're traveling over to their objective. So it was a really good, like, uh, get in someone's headspace sort of tactic. And I would like to see that brought back to Warhammer. Um, the carry-on themselves did not do very good uh like they weren't good in melee they weren't durable they were nothing like that so don't think that they were some awesome unit but it was a really really neat mechanic that they could fly so high that nobody could see them until they decide to swoop down so you might ask 
Pimpcron, how would you make airplanes fly in Warhammer 40k? Um, I think I probably would at least play test. I don't know how well it would work in, in function for monstrous creatures to be able to choose fly high flying or not. And high flying, you may have to determine like how many inches off the ground technically are they? Are they 12 inches? Are they 24 inches? You know, how far, far are they? Or maybe they can't be shot at all, but they also can't interact with the board at all. I could see that. Um, once again, these are not my suggestions. These are just ideas because you truly would have to play test these. I do know that it would greatly impact the points for those units, but that's something that I think would be really, really cool. As for how I would change flyers, uh, like flying vehicles in Warhammer, I do like the minus one to hit. I do like the protection from being charged unless they have fly. I do like those. Honestly, I do really like the idea of just being able to overwatch or snap fire against airplanes. I do know, and specifically I'm talking about with the supersonic or hypersonic speed uh, ability, the ones that give you the minus one to hit now, I could definitely see just hitting on sixes. Although, when you talk about game balance, people with a really good ballistic skill like Space Marines get hurt really bad by just hitting on sixes, and someone with like an orc that only hits on fives anyway, hitting on sixes is like big deal, right? So I could see why they would do for balance sake the minus one to hit. I could also see maybe a minus two to hit or something of that nature. Um, or if you wanted to bring back like the jink save, which was basically a four up cover save, um, you could jink, but then you just uh, shot on sixes afterwards. That was always a really neat trade off. You basically got a four up cover, but then if you did that, you know, you're affecting yourself on the next turn. Um, I did like those. As far as the way they're traded for movement, I really can't think of any way that it would be better for them. They do move quite far, like, what, 24 to 40 inches, something like that. I do like the one up to 90 degree turn uh, thing they do. I do enjoy that. I think it's very simple. It's very easy to implement. Um, I do not like the idea of flamers just being able to auto hit a flyer. I think that should not be allowed in the game. I think that's stupid. Um I don't know. There's really not much you can do with it. And I think that's honestly why nobody has ever come up with a better way to do it. Um, I just think that the best way to do it, if you're going to do it super realistically, is make them so they're very hard to hit in some fashion. And then you'd have to increase their points quite a bit um, so that they're just, you know, just on the cusp of not being worth it, but then also being worth it. And that way, you know, also um, for the ones that hover like the, uh, what is it, the Thunderhawk? No, not the Thunderhawk. Um, I can't think of what it's called. Storm Raven. The Storm Raven, where it's got to like hover to drop people off or whatever, then that would be your moment. Just like in real life. This plane flies in real fast. It stops. It hovers to let people off. Then you'd be like, oh, I got to shoot it right now. And then maybe you get a minus one to hit or something like that. Um, I could definitely see all these units, though, getting a big price point hike. And... I would be interested to see how that play tests. Um, once again, this is not the end-all be-all idea. I just think it's an interesting idea. And if anything, I feel like it's harder to go wrong when you go slightly more realistic with things than not realistic. But it's just an interesting thought. Maybe you guys aren't as interested in game design as I am. But it's it's very interesting to think that a lot of our units that supposedly fly don't actually fly. They leap. Kind of like Superman now flies, but originally he couldn't fly. He could just leap over tall buildings, right? It doesn't mention flight at all for Superman. Well, it's basically what we do now for flyer um, characters and, and creatures is they just they just hop around. And uh, it's interesting. I would like to actually see 
like a different stand or you could you could elevate them or mark them somehow so that they're flying high but they also can't interfere with you at all but you can't interfere with them it would be very very interesting and it would be a way to make them more durable without giving them like an involve save or something like that and i would love to hear what you actually think about this i i'm willing to bet a lot of people are like no that's ridiculous i would never ever want that to happen but just like everything if it did happen and the points were you know appropriate then i think we'd all get used to it but it would be neat to see airplanes act a little more like airplanes than they do currently but once again we're we're being limited by the tabletop anyway thank you to gamemat.eu for supporting the show and panhandle3d.etsy.com and my beautiful sexy good smell and patreon patrons and please email me your thoughts on flyers and how we should make flyers more realistic i will see you guys next week